Joel, you want to know something? What? Every now and then, say what the f What the f gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it. Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, this is going to be the second part of my interview with Mike Chiprin about his adventure sailing in the Ionian Islands in Greece. The interview went on for about an hour and a half, and I decided it was better to break it up into two episodes. And so we're going to get into it that right now with really not much more to do. If you have suggestions for future podcasts, drop me an email, franz, F-R-A-N-Z-1, at medsailor.com. So you like that, uh, that fin Fincus Cafe. Now, I know when I've been in there, there's a whole line of cafes or restaurants along that, that waterfront. And so yep. it's always a, a – I never know which one's better than the others, but, but do you recommend that one then? Yeah, I mean, and the, that's how we sort of went. We, our first initial um, kind of gut feeling was, well, you know – it's the first line of cafes right off the key and they probably not as good as anything that's a little further away. So the first day we did go to that other paradise beach, whatever, um, up the coast and it, we definitely st struck out on that one. So we thought, okay, well maybe we should go to the one that's closer. Maybe there's a reason why they're, you know, they're still in business. <laughs> so what was your, what was your arrangement on the boat? Did you eat, uh, breakfast on the boat and lunch on the boat and go out to dinner or did you typically go out for breakfast and dinner and maybe cook some snacks on the boat what was what did yeah. you decide to do so we asked the charter company to provision us for the first day so when we got to um, Lefkos we would have enough food to last us for the first day um, and the, the first day, meaning uh, breakfast and lunch, because we, we knew where we were going to go out for dinner. And we sort of the arrangement we had with everybody on the crew is that we are going to go out for dinner every night, so no point of getting um, you know heavy food. Um, the charter company did a great job, and we actually that, that food actually lasted us more or less the entire trip. Uh, we we probably brought uh, bought some bread, some extra bread and maybe some extra cheese. But other than that, we had enough yogurt, kind of, um, and, you know, cereal and, and all, all sorts of snacks and stuff like that on the, on the boat um, so that we could, um, in the morning, because in the morning, what ended up happening is, except for the first day, then every other day we we would leave port at around six o'clock in the morning. And the reason for that was, um, so that my son can sleep through most of the boat ride. So, um, so that he's not as, um, uncomfortable. Yeah. And in, in most time, in most times that's going to be dead calm water anyway. So, it's... right. And so we, um, 
because we pr- pretty quickly figured out that you know the wind builds up in the you know second part of the day. Unfortunately, in the forecast, it didn't even say that it was going to build up. Yeah, you know, it said no. the forecast was that it's just going to be about four to six knots. Now, I'm day. not sure we established what what were the dates of your charter. So let's uh, let's talk about that just a second, just to know what time of year we're talking about. Oh, right. Um, so we went um, from September 10th to September 17th on the boat, and then we actually, my family, uh, stayed at a Airbnb. On Lefkada, uh, on Lefkas, um, for an extra three days after uh, you know we returned the boat and then we explored the island by a car um, a little bit. Okay. As well. And, and so. September, just uh, from my experience, September can be dead calm or it can be stormy, so you never know what you're going to get in September. Yeah, it, correct. And actually, the the days that we were in the um, in the Airbnb, both days, it was pretty stormy. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it was raining, but and the rains there, <laughs> Greeks, for some reason, said, oh, my God, the next two days, the weather is going to be horrible. It's going to rain. And, it's, and we thought, okay, rain to us from the East Coast, rain means, okay, it rains from, you know, from 9 in the morning to... 10 at night and it doesn't stop and it's drizzly and it's nasty no in greece rain means it'll rain maybe for two hours <laughs> and then it'll clear up yeah <laughs> and so you don't like the weather you kind of wait out a little bit and it's fine the greeks really made a big deal out of it but the wind was blowing probably around 20 knots so um it was windy um unfortunately wrong time <laughs> we, we didn't have the boat at that time anymore but uh you know we still liked it. Okay, so two days at Iofima, and then where did you go? All right, so then um, I had a mini rebellion on a <laughs> by the rest of the crew, and uh, since Iofima had pretty good internet access, um, <laughs> they <laughs> they actually decided to look um, for. Um, pretty big beaches and uh what they found was the Kinthos. wow that is one long haul from from iofema to Zakynthos. it is it is it it's about an eight hour um uh motor at seven knots <laughs> and if we had to do it on a uh, uh under sail, that would have been probably more like five knots, and probably would have been about ten hours, if not more. So yeah, that's a really long haul to where we went. Um, we went to Zakynthos proper, the Zakynthos, uh, Zakynthos, Zakynthos town. Okay. Um, so that's closer to the bottom, uh, southern end of the island. I believe it's about 39 nautical miles from Ephemia. Okay, so not as far as I was thinking, but I've never been to Zakynthos, so this is all new information to me. So Zakynthos um, town is, again, a... Um, it, it's the main town in Zakynthos. It has a large ferry dock, um, and then they have this 
wall, um, a seawall to which he can uh, tie up. Uh, and it's really weird because it seems like over there, every single uh, mooring spot is reserved for a particular boat because every single mooring spot had a boat's name on it, except for maybe one or two. And again, I thought, okay, well, if it doesn't have a name on it, I guess, and there was no boat there, I could probably, you know, put my boat there. Um, as soon as I start backing into slip, a guy on a motorbike <laughs> appears out of nowhere, and, and um, I found this very odd uh, because he he produced some official paperwork for the slip, or you know. For, for the mooring, um, and he was able to connect us up to uh, electricity and water, no problem. But at the same time, when I asked him, well, how much is it? He started saying, oh, uh, well, for, especially for you, I make special price, tw 20 euros. And that's where we played everywhere. <laughs> and, and he says, is that okay? And I said, okay, yeah, that's fine. And then he proceeded. You know, we carried on conversation. We needed to find out where to go and, you know, what to do. And, you know, every five minutes he would go back to the, is $20 okay or 20 euros okay? I'm like, yes, yes, it's, it's okay. It's fine. And then he do, he would do it again. And I thought, okay, well, you know, you're the official guy, and I already told you that it's okay once. I mean, you don't have to rub it in, but I don't know. <laughs> but he did, you know, eventually he took um, down my information, took down, the, you know, the boat documents, uh, um, took my payment, went somewhere, came back with a copy of a receipt. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, all I okay. can say. <laughs> so my guess, my guess is that he was acting... Uh, not in a, an official capacity, but just basically took your documents to the port police and back. And, and my experience in Greece is if uh, if the port police come around, then you pay him. But if they don't, I sort of ignore it. So he was he was acting as a uh, in I, I, my guess is he acted as a middleman. Now now I've been to places where they will hook you up to water and electricity, and they'll charge you for that, and that's that's legitimate. But uh, it's usually the port police that you would go to with your documents, if you choose to. And my experience in Greece is 90% of the time, the port police really don't want to bother with it because if you do, you'll go there, you'll fill out five or six forms, you'll stand in line, and you'll pay them about mm, seven euros or something like that. So my guess is he was acting as your agent, and that's why he probably kept asking, is it okay, is it okay, is it okay? So uh, That's what, yeah, we figured it was some sort of bad backhand deals going on but you know okay fine um, yeah, yeah since it was 20 euros everywhere else that didn't seem too egregious i said that's fine um in in um Ephemia, they do have a booth right on the key and that booth is specifically there to take your payment for the mooring i and i forgot to mention that um but it's only open from like nine in the morning till eleven in the morning, and if you're not there during those times, well, I guess you could just leave. Yeah, you I, come I, in I, late I, and leave early. I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And, and the and the port captain that um, answered our um, call 
when we were pulling into Ephemia and t took our lines and arranged for everything, he wouldn't take our money. So I said, well, can I pay you now? And he said, no, no, no. You wait till tomorrow morning from 9, 9 to 11. I said, okay, fine. That's, you know, <laughs> I, I'll be here. So Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, when I've been to Ephemia, I've never paid anything. So that's that's news to me. So I, you know, it's, it's new since I've been been there. So, yeah. And, and most of the time in Greece, uh, the places I've been, uh, sometimes you pay, sometimes you don't. So it just right. really depends on where you go. Yeah. So in the, in Zakynthos, the so you uh that's a big commercial port. Was it pretty uh rolly in there with all the commercial traffic coming in and out of there? Um actually it wasn't because it it shallows up pretty fast over um if you're looking at the uh map the south side of the port is where the commercial traffic goes into mm -hmm. and all of this gigantic um, and they're really really big um, uh, ferries go into but the north part of the port it shallows out to about um, you see that little dock that sticks out mm -hmm. in the middle there right at that point it shallows out to about four to three meters so um, all the all of the traffic has to slow down quite considerably before they even enter the port. So the, there is no really wake. And if there is a wake, that little um, um, pier that sticks out, it, I guess it breaks up the wake. Um, and so you don't get hit by um, the waves. You're, you're pretty protected there. Um, and we stayed in Zacanthos for two nights, I believe. Yes, it was two nights because the first night, we got there pretty late already in the day, and we didn't go anywhere. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We did go, and uh, we rented a car, and we drove to the beach that um, probably everybody is familiar with. The Shipwreck Beach is the um, um, on the side of the island. There's this... Um, so we broke up there. What? what? Uh, it's... On the south, oh, um, when you say uh, it's on the island, we broke up. So, um, uh, yeah. So, the shipwreck beach is located on the northwest end of the island. Okay. And that's the uh, picture that everybody probably saw on on the internet of the, uh, the, this cargo ship laying on the beach, and then there's lots of tourists around, um, and. Uh, so that's the picture that my friends saw, and they thought that, well, all the beaches are like that on the Kentos. Unfortunately, they're not. Um, but we did end up driving to that beach. The only caveat there is you can't get down to the beach from the road. Um, the cliffs there are probably about 1,000 feet t t tall, and you there's no road leading down. So you could drive to the end of the cliff and then walk out onto the cliffs and kind of look at the beach from the side. And that's pretty much it. Take a picture and drive back. Um, but you could go down to the beach from water side, right? So right. that's what most people do um, in Zacanthos town and all over Zacanthos. Um, you could 
hire a ferry or like one of those tourist ferries or a smaller private boat and get there. Or you could do it on your own boat, which what we ended up doing um, the second day. Um, And quite honestly, I don't, I wouldn't do it again. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. Um, It's a really rolly beach. There's a lot of waves coming into that bay. Uh, I mean, it's totally exposed to the entire Mediterranean. There's really nothing there to break anything up. So, Correct. And if that wasn't the worst case, the worst part is that every single tourist that goes to Zakynthos goes to that beach, (laughs) and they all go by water. So in the middle of the day, it's just pure chaos over there. Um, There's ferries coming in and out, and there's little boats coming in and out and there's no way I wasn't even going to put my dinghy into the water because it was way too rolly and way too dangerous to disembark a dinghy, you know, a dinghy on the beach there. So, um, I stayed on the boat tending to the boat. Oh, so you actually, so you, you, you drove there one day and then took the boat around the next day to look at it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And when we did have, one other place that we visited were the Blue Caves at the very, very northern tip of Zakynthos. If you go right at that tip, um, there is a um, rock formation that forms these arches in the water. And, um, of course, they have um, a lady there with a boat that she sells tickets to go to that um to those rock formations and to the blue cave so to speak and um they say well you know glass bottom boat and you can take a swim in the cave great okay (laughs) so we got suckered into it though we did negotiate our price down a little bit um and then once we got got on the little glass bottom boat well it's really you know about three feet by two feet opening at in the bottom of the boat it's covered by uh plexiglass that you could see the bottom of the you know of the ocean or of the sea and okay tourist trap (laughs) (laughs) you get on this little boat they pull you through those arches and then they you go into the um, little cave that at the right time of the day when the sun hits just right the water may be blue there and to prove it to you they they uh, they take a, a a stick that's painted white and they stick it in the water and you see that well this color of the stick turns from white to blue <laughs> okay great <laughs> we weren't impressed uh, we said okay well can we go swimming now I said no 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 not here okay well you we said we could go swimming in the caves They're like no no no, no we, you can't go swimming in the caves you can go swimming elsewhere so they take you around the corner where there are a whole ton of other suckers just like you who thought that they're going to be seeing this except they're on the bigger boats and uh you know you're all kind of get on the water and 
and get out of the water in, in five minutes and they take you back to where you came from. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a big, big tourist trap. And of course, if you have your own boat, what you really could do is just sail to there, drop your dinghy, go through the arches and go back, you know? And we sort of did that. Um, we didn't end up stopping there um, on the second day when we were going to Shipwreck Beach just because we were, we were already seeing it and we weren't really impressed. But, you know, we could have done it. We passed, we passed close enough. Yeah, you would have been just around the corner, but probably yeah. by then you're on a on a rum line back to Kefalonia at that point in time. Yeah. Um well actually um we on uh we ended up after we went to um the shipwreck beach, we went to Ios Nicholas for the night. Which is just around the corner on Kefalonia, right? No, it's it's so it's still on Zakynthos. Oh yeah, and excuse you, me, on Zakynthos. Yeah, I'm I'm looking right. at it. Yeah, I see it on. Yep, the, it's exactly. It's right around the corner. So it's um, on the northeast side of uh, Kefalonia, then. Uh, Zakynthos. Oh, excuse me, Zakynthos. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yes, and that was a really, really pleasant um, little fisherman village, and I don't know why we didn't stay there the first day. Um, it was uh, really nice. You pull up at the dock or at the key there. You could stay at the key for free. Um, a man who um, owns the um, Dimitros, I believe it's called. Um, Dimitros, I'm sorry. Now, I'm looking at this key I mean, just because just I've got it uh, on Google Earth, or actually on Google Maps, but I'm on the satellite view of it. And it looks like that that little bay in there is really really shallow did you pull into that bay or is it uh um it um so if you take a look at where it says ellen gas station that's where the key that we uh pulled up to oh okay the southern key not the northern yep, key. Then. yeah the yeah. southern key the northern key was really shallow yeah, um, yeah right. you're correct and so we pulled up into that uh, little key there um and then um, there is a restaurant that's not called La Grota. La Grota, I believe, is either not there anymore or it's been renamed or it's right next to the one that's called Dimitros, uh, Dimitros Palace. And um, that uh, uh, restaurant ended up being re really, really, really good. And, and if you eat the restaurant, you could stay at the key for free. So that, you know, that was a double <laughs> win for us. Um, so um, they, and they, it seemed like it was really cheap too. Um, for the six of us, or you know, five and a half of us, we all ate. We drank about three liters of wine and they, they just gave us the wine for free. And then we kept ordering all these foods well, i don't know how many we ordered we ordered i mean we just kept ordering ordering and it ended up being about 88 euros for for you know for four and a, for five of us and, and my son and my son eats um um you know adult food already so he, he, he ate quite a bit as well 
so that ended up being a really surprising and good find. Now, what was the name of the restaurant again? Uh, Dimitros, D- Dimitros Palace, okay. I believe. Okay, because it's not showing up on the map, so that's what I was No, it isn't. At. No, yeah, it doesn't show up on the map here. Okay, so that was our um, almost last night. And so the next morning, we woke up, and again... It was one of those wake up at six in the morning. I, you know, threw off the lines and uh, started going. Everybody else went back to sleep. And so we went to Ithaca. And on Ithaca, we went to the uh, town of Freakis. Now, let me ask you a question on the boat. Did it have autopilot or did you have to stay at the helm all the time? Um, it did have autopilot, but I don't, I mean, I, I used the autopilot, of course, but I still don't trust it enough to, um, you know, leave it unattended. So oh, yeah, I could, yeah, yeah. But you, know, but you could, could take your hand off the wheel and just keep a, a sharp look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I could, you know, I could doze off a little bit in the cockpit. Um, I've had on other people's boats, because um, I deliver boats sometimes, too. Um, I've had instances where um, the autopilot would like unexpectedly quit, or uh, and then especially when it, if it's blowing and the autopilot quits, you know you end up doing a accidental jibe. Not, you know, not pretty. So I, I don't trust it enough to <coughs> excuse me to um, leave it on the tender. Okay, so you headed up to Ithaca then. Sorry to so just for a little diversion. I was just curious. Oh, that. no, no. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, we ended up going to Freakus for the, uh, our last night um, on, um, on the Ionian Sea. And uh, the big concern that everybody expressed um, in the guidebooks, and I know you mentioned it as well, is that it's an open harbor and that um, there's a large wake that could work itself into the, um, into the harbor when the, um, uh, the passenger ferries uh, come offshore. And the passenger f- f- high-speed passenger ferries between Greece and um, Italy. That wasn't our <laughs> experience at all. Um, and it also, in the guidebook, says that there are violent gusts that uh, blow down the uh, mountain there, and it, it could um, squeeze you up against the keep pretty, um, pretty good. Uh, in our experience, and and because you know the entire week we had hardly any wind, we thought, okay, well, if it's violent gusts in these cases, ten knots. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) We got some wind. (laughs) So um, I wasn't that concerned about it. Um, And so, yes, we um, went to Freakus and tied up to the East Key there on the inside. Uh, There is a uh, ramp there for, um, for a ferry. But I don't think it's operational anymore. 
And every now and then there's a diesel truck that comes by and a water truck that comes by and offers you, you know, its services. Freakas is a really quiet, nice, small um, town that, um, uh, you know, we, we enjoyed our stay, stay there quite, quite a bit. Um, of course, we're on Ithaca, and uh, it was a absolutely must for my wife to hit up Ithaca on this trip um, because she's a history buff. And, um, of, of course, um, Odysseus is from Ithaca, so she really wanted to go to um, Odysseus's palace. And Odysseus's palace um, is claimed to be on Ithaca in um, in a town that's a little that's like at the top of the uh, of the uh, island. It's in the maybe I'm trying to figure out my geography here. So it's 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 in the north end of the island. Uh, in it's smack in the middle of the island though. And so to get to it, you go up these switchbacks by foot, and it's probably about a good 30-minute walk to the uh, town of, um, I guess it's called Stavru. And then from there, um, you go to, um, to down a, or uh, rather up a path that's um, leading to Homer's, uh, school. Now the story goes that it used to be called Homer's School, and it still is for for now. Um, but there's some quite significant evidence that Homer's School is actually the um, palace of Odysseus. But unfortunately, they they still haven't proven it fully. They submitted all this paperwork to authorities, but it takes about 10 years to get it certified. So um, all of the official signs still say Homer school. So it's a little bit hard to find if you say, okay, I want to find a Odysseus palace, but the locals kind of know. Um, so we talked to a couple of locals and they said, oh yeah, yeah it's Odysseus's palace, but you can't call it, they can't officially call it as a palace yet. All right. Well, I've been up to Stavros, and I never knew that was there. So that's that's new information for me as well. So I've always stopped. I've stopped in Frikas a couple times, but my preferred port over there is over just over the hill in Kioni. But but uh, that's to me Kioni is the quintessential picture perfect Greek port. But Frikas was was nice too. I stayed there a couple times too. So Kioni, unfortunately, that was, I had two regrets that, uh, or not two regrets, two places that I really wanted to come back to um, if we go back next year is would be Kioni, definitely, and Asos on um, the island of, um, I'm sorry, Kefalonia, I believe. Yes, uh, on Kefalonia, there is... Uh, the port of Asos. Oh, okay. And I've never been there. Uh, it's around the corner on the west side. Right. It's on the other side. So, um, and our friends that rented the scooters when we we're on Kefalonia, they actually went down to Asos. And yeah, I, I, it, I, it was spectacular. Yeah, I've driven a car down there, and it's spectacular. 
I never wanted to take my boat over there because it's it's open to the north in that port. Mm, yeah, I can see where yeah you would have, and, and it's right. It's open to the port to the north or to the sea and to the north. Yeah, and it's quite a haul actually. If you're if you're staying on the you know on the inland side, it, it's kind of away and around. So yeah, it would be a, a little bit of a hike. But in the weather you had, it wouldn't have mattered if it's open to the north. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so from Freakus, was that your last night? or did That was, yes, that was the last night. So after we're, um, we were in Freakus and uh, we went to the Homer's slash Odysseus's palace, um, we spent a night at the Freakus, and then again we pulled out at about five in the morning or six in the morning, and we did a sail or motor all the way to um, back to Lefkada through the canal. Okay, so now, you never got onto um, you. You got a lot of territory still to cover the next time you go yeah, back. Meganesi definitely wanted to cover some of Meganesi um, or all of it, really. Um, a lot of places on Ithaca still would love to go uh, Kefalonia I would like to go to Fiscardo to visit it um, thank you just yeah this there's time. lots of st- uh, lots of places yeah. so you've got other opportunities to go back but in general how did it work out for the one-year-old then um, so for the one-year-old our strategy was um, we would sail in the morning while he's still asleep and then try to do some land-based activities uh, when we got to land. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, we had made a, a lee cloth out of curtains, and uh, we actually ended up not using it because he was pretty comfortable sleeping in the V-berth up front. Um, but we did, put, uh, you know, we had it set up, but we just ended up not using it. He wouldn't fall out or anything like that. He just started walking um, in Greece, so he was very comfortable on the boat walking around um, because, you know, the boat, everything's so close, he can grab onto things. So I think it actually helped him start walking uh, freely. Um, he was walking before that, uh, you know, crew. Using holding on to things, but once we were in Greece, he actually started walking without hanging on to things. And I think part of it was because we were on the boat. Um, food wise, he could eat everything that we eat, so uh, that wasn't a problem at all. Um, you know, the one thing that was a little annoying was taking showers. Um, uh, boat showers are not the best for anybody <laughs> and for one-year-old especially um and again changing diapers kind of that type, type of thing so we brought um two bags uh, two backpacks uh, travel backpacks uh for the three of us and and two small carry-on um kind of shopping bags you know, one of those reusable shopping bags. And the shopping bags were full of diapers, basically. Because um, we didn't know how accessible uh, grocery stores would be and if they would have diapers there. Now, knowing that what we do now, we would probably never do that again. Um, I mean, kid, kids grow up everywhere. 
in all parts of the world and uh, they use diapers. So, <laughs> you know, you could definitely buy diapers in Greece. Um, the bigger towns, definitely. So, um, for instance, in Lithkada at the marina, we could just buy diapers there and we wouldn't have to carry all that nonsense with us on the airplane. Um, what else was interesting about our uh, son? He, um, you know, his sleeping patterns stayed the same way that they did normally in, in his uh, everyday life. He adapted really well to boat life. I was very surprised and very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think he's going to be uh, going to more of these with us. Or and I don't think I know. It, it was great. Okay, great. So any specific advice you'd give people that, that are heading over to the same area? Would you use the same charter company again? Were you happy with them? Did they give you any, uh, you know, did they nick you for anything when you turned the boat in? How did that turn out? Oh, so, yes, about nicking. Um, <laughs> that was a concern of mine um, because, of course, uh, the first day that we left Lefkas Marina, you have to go through this Lefkas Canal, which is, being dredged every day and is not very well marked, especially once you pass um, the uh, big trash dump there. Um, uh, so it's not really clear which side of the barges you're supposed to go on. And so we did run aground. <laughs> but just it's really little... just, it's just mud though. It's just right. mud. It, it's yeah. just mud, yes. So it was, um, you know, really superficial we got off you know we, we got off our grounding maybe you know five minutes of going in the reverse but so it um you know we got shook up a little bit um and so uh i would say for general advice when you're going on the canal try to stay um to the uh east side of the canal uh as much as possible so if you see a dredger go, you know, um, to the east side of the dredger, most likely you're going to be passing it. If you're coming out, you're going to be passing his uh, port or starboard side uh, to his um, port side. Mm -hmm. And then um, re regarding the charter company, they um, do a checkout at the end just as thorough as uh, they do a checkout in the beginning. The one word of caution, which they, 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 they tried to say that we damaged the boat. Um, there were some um, scratches on the uh, stainless steel rub rail um, on the bow of the boat. And they said, well, well, that wasn't there before. Of course, if I knew that they were that picky when they were, <laughs> you know, at the check-in process, I would have been a lot more pickier when they were, you know, when we were checking out to make sure that there was no scratches like that. So I don't know if it was there. I, I don't think it could have been there because we didn't hit anything. So... <laughs> Uh, so, so a word of advice might be to take a, a video camera and carefully video the top sides and rub right. rails and things like that. So act sort of, you know, when you rent a car and you do go look for any dinks, 
make sure you document every single ding um, or anything that looks peculiar to you um, just to make sure that it wasn't there. Um, I don't, they might've not done it intentionally, you know, um, they might've not known that it was there before. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't, t- I can't tell, but just the word of advice is to definitely just pay attention, um, before you leave to make sure that, you know, you, if there's any pre-existing damage on the boat, make sure you, um, you identify it. Um, and they didn't, you know, they didn't charge me for it or anything. It was, it was really a superficial scratch on the, you know, on the stainless steel tow rail. So it, it, it was just cosmetic okay, okay. At, at best, but, um, so they may have found it for the first time themselves. Exa- exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I can't tell, um, why, you know, wasn't there before my guess is yes. Cause, <laughs> but you know. Uh, things happen and, uh, just, uh, be careful about that. Other than that, they treated us really well. Um, they were super helpful, super helpful, um, getting back into the Marina. Um, the one curious thing I found was that, and I guess it makes sense. The Lefkas Marina is a very, very busy Marina. Um, it has, um, a number of restaurants. It has a really good supermarket store has a hotel and mo- more importantly it has a uh, moorings a sun sale and a uh, couple of other uh, major uh, charter bases and so especially on saturdays it's a riot we ended up since we we ended up leaving on a sunday it was you know kind of fortuitous for us because it wasn't that busy uh but on the saturday especially closer to around you know 11 to 12 o'clock um everybody's returning their boats and everybody is leaving and turning over the charter and you had to fill up fuel before you turned in the boat too right exactly at the there is a line at the fuel dock if you get there late we got in about 10 o'clock so, or maybe 9.30 or so. So it wasn't that bad. I mean, we were, I think, the second boat in line. So it wasn't a problem for us. And um, But everybody else, it, it, yeah, it just starts churning, and it, it's, it's pretty chaotic. But I must say um, I was impressed by the Sunsail uh, crews that were um, dispatching people back and forth. It was <laughs> it, it, it was a thing of – it was a sight. <laughs> Our company was really small. I think they only had about five boats, and I think we were the only one turning over that day. So um, uh, they, they were really responsive. Um, we got out of there at 11.30. You know, they, they started vacuuming, cleaning, and um, off they went. So you didn't get any lost inventory or any charges like that at the end? No, no, we didn't. No. Okay, no, okay. And we had, um, I mean, we accounted for everything that we've, um, we've used. So so that was um, no problem there. They didn't try to pull anything. And then if I may make a recommendation, if you're planning on staying on um, – on, uh, Lefkus, mm-hmm. yeah, for the next couple of days, like we did, um, we we used an Airbnb and we stayed at 
Olga's apartment. I think it's just called Olga's apartment um, on the Airbnb. And then attached to that, there is a um, taverna called Eftiheya. Taverna Eftiheya. And it, I mean, it claims to be one of the oldest. You never know. But the food was just spectacular. They have, they make, um, everything right in front of you so well not everything but there are specials of the day you could go into the kitchen and see it's being made it laying right there in front of you so you can see what 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 are the specials of the day and you point to it if you choose to uh they're really friendly um and really really good um bank for your buck too so um i would highly recommend them what did you end up playing for the airbnb because they're usually a pretty good bargain yeah, um, it ended up being, I think, uh, about 300 euros um, for three nights, for three nights, for four nights, three or four nights. Okay. Uh, th- th- three nights, three nights. Yeah, three nights. It was about, so it's about 100 euros a night, um, and you get a full kitchen. Um, it was a three-bedroom um, apartment. We only needed one bedroom, but. You know, <laughs> you take what you can get. Um, you could use a kitchen, uh, air conditioned everywhere, um, and uh, you know, full shower facilities. You could use. Um, they had a laundry right in the apartment, so if you needed to, you could use that. They were, they were, yeah. Olga was great. Okay. Now, what did the charter cost you for? This was for for one full solid week, then, right? Correct. Yes. Um, so, if my memory is correct, since we split it uh, between all of us, I think it was about twenty four hundred dollars. Okay, twenty four hundred for a, a good sized boat, then. Yeah, for a forty foot boat for a week, it was about twenty four hundred. I believe, and um, uh, they do require a credit card, de- uh, not deposit, but uh, whole authorization for a security deposit when you um, uh, you get there, and it's for three thousand euros. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or, yeah. So, so do you, they ding your credit card for three thousand euros, or just hold it? Is as. Um, I'm not sure. I, I've never saw the charge on my card, okay. so I don't. I, I don't know if they actually put an authorization or they just hold your credit card number or they just make sure that it's working credit card and then yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I never saw the charge. So okay, all right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for sharing your experience with you. I'm probably going to break this up into two podcasts because we've gone about an hour and a half, and and that's great information. So we'll break it up and. And if you have any other suggestions for future episodes, let me know. All right. Great. Thanks, Franz. Thanks, Thanks a Mike. lot for the opportunity. All right. Bye. Talk to you later. Well, that, that was a great interview with Mike. I appreciate all the time he spent with us. We broke it up into two episodes because he had so much information to impart. If you have suggestions for future episodes, drop me an email, franz at medsailor.com, or use a contact form at the website. 
And if you want to do me a big favor, go into the iTunes directory, the iTunes store, and write a review for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Joe? Do you have something to tell me? No, I don't think so. I just got off the telephone with Bill Rutherford. Princeton can use a guy like Joe. What? Princeton can use a guy like Joe. His exact words. That's unbelievable. You're as good as in. I knew you could do it. Haven't I been telling you, every once in a while, you just got to say, what the heck, and take some chances. You are so right. You made me very proud. I was just thinking. Where we might be ten years from now, you know? <laughs>